When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, what do you got there? This is the new Ping G430 Max 10K driver. It's next level, I'll tell you. It's so impressive. We all know that Ping help you play your best. I've been using them for years, and I wouldn't use anything else. In fact, this new driver, it's Ping's straightest and highest moment of impact driver ever. Holy moly. So on the course, what's that going to mean? How's it going to help golfers? Well, to put it simply, it means people are going to be hitting longer, straighter, and they're going to absolutely crack their drives off the tee. I could talk about it all day. It's that good. But the best thing to do if you want to check out how impressive Ping's new G430 Max 10K driver is, just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a Ping club fitting, and I'll see you out there with my Ping gear. It's week 17 of the golfing calendar. And live from the Australian Golf Centre, home of the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia, Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen, the most listened to Australian golf podcast since 1932. It's true, we checked. This is Talk Birdie to Me. So let's start, let, let's, let's start off with what time did you get home from live on Sunday night? I got home much earlier than I thought because I wangled uh, a live courtesy car <laughs> Sunday night. I was there for the weekend. You didn't do it. Don't you know who I am, uh, did you? I did not, <laughs> but I played a, clo- a card fairly close to that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I was there Saturday, Sunday doing the radio with SEN, and I went in there with open arms, open eyes. So l- yeah. let me let me start off with how I got home. So yeah, please. It was chaos at the end, obviously. You know, we've, we've got the 4.30 finish in yeah. Adelaide time. And they've done the presentations. There yeah. are people everywhere. Yeah. So, so twenty five thousand people on a golf course is like a hundred and twenty thousand at the MCG. Yeah, oh, you'd, you'd have to. I'd yep. have to agree. Yep. And they had music pumping the whole thing. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out how the heck am I going to get out of here to the airport? <laughs> I know there's an earlier flight. You know, there's a flight a half, an hour and a half early. I thought, I wonder if I can sneak on that. You know, yeah. but how am I going to get there? So I went to the clubhouse, saw all the live courtesy cars just going and going and going. How many courtesy cars do they have? Oh. It was countless, basically. They're just a stream of them coming in, stream wow. of them going out. Yeah, they spared no expense with anything there. So for normally in an Australian Open, there'd be twelve, a dozen cars. Yeah. How yeah. many was it the live? I, I fifty don't know. must have been forty or fifty. Yeah, I would okay. imagine just going in and out. But yeah. uh, so there was no shortage, obviously. And I was just sort of standing next to the clubhouse thinking, okay, uh, how am I going to do this? Because Uber's out of the question. Um, <laughs> you know, the SEN guys had an Uber uh, coming a bit later. But I, I saw this guy directing traffic and I thought, ah, I might go and have a chat oh, with him. yeah. And uh, as it turned out, I said, hey, I'm, um, you know, with the media, here's my badge. And he looked and he says, oh, Nick, I heard, yeah, oh, great. Uh, your fellow lefty. Oh, and I thought I've hit the jackpot. Oh, he was a lefty too. <laughs> he was a lefty. And I, and he said, what? And I said, well, I need to kind of get to the airport. Can I just hop in with someone in a car? Yeah. I'm happy to, you know, 
share a ride. You did not get a car by yourself. And he said, no, don't worry. We've got plenty of them. Just hop in. There you go. Boom, straight to the airport. Oh, wow. Beautiful. So there's 40,000 people looking for a ride <laughs> and you jump in a car by yourself and get to the airport. Well, You're unbelievable. Well, we're in this cordoned off section and the players <laughs> sort of hadn't started coming over. It was more some of the officials uh, moving and going and all that. And, and then when I got to the airport, I lucked in as well because mm. – uh, Got invited uh, into the chairman's lounge with David Evans, a good yep. mate of mine at Cathedral Golf Club. And uh, when I asked to see if I can get on the earlier flight, earlier I'd gone to the check-in and they said, no, you got no chance. I'm sorry. Uh, your, your, chick- your, your ticket's yeah. non, you know, non-changeable. Got into the chairman's lounge and all of a sudden my ticket was changeable. Oh, <laughs> my God. How good. So I got home an hour and a half early and it was beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, half your luck. Look, we, we got a big show. There's stacks to talk about. We had a women's major at the Woodlands. I want to... Briefly chat on that because our girls didn't go do much good. We saw Mark Hensby win on the Champions Tour, uh, and he, he won that at a golf course where I used to work in Los Colinas. Yeah. And then we had Lucas Herbert as well winning over in uh, the DP World Tour, but this tournament was in Japan in a two-hole playoff. So I want to talk about all that There's stuff. So much. Yeah. I want to talk about all that stuff, but wow. we have to talk about what I was watching on the TV <laughs> because I've never seen anything like it. And I reckon it showed it, – what, it, what it showed me on the weekend, it showed me two things. Crowds are so incredibly important for Live Golf this to move forward mm. because we've seen golf tournaments that they've done in the past with not many people, let's say 10,000 people turn up, not the 25, and their ratings have been nothing. Now, I haven't seen what our ratings are, but I guarantee if, if they weren't the biggest ratings – for a golf tournament in this country, I, I, I would be absolutely surprised because the product on TV, Nick, blew me away. Yeah. I mean, it was on Channel 7, right? Yep. yep. I thought it was on 7 Plus is what they said, yep. but it was actually on Channel yep. 7. It yep. was uh, seven, so I, 7 Mate on Sunday. So they had the footy on Sunday. Right. They had on uh, the main channel and 7 Mate, they had the golf. Okay. But my God, I mean, it, it, once you started watching it, Nick, and I know I want to get your view yeah, in a second because you were sure. there. I'm... Once you started watching it, the first thing I had to get the hang of was the scoreboard. Yep. It took me about half an hour, but half and thirty minutes in, I knew exactly yep. what what and where to look for, and it worked pretty well. I've got to say, it worked, yep. it worked pretty well mm. after you got the hang of it. It's kind of like a Formula One, yeah, sort of style, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it is. But it still had, you know, the player's name would go in bold. You'd see, uh, you know, if it was a par four, there'd be four numbers, and you knew it was his second shot. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you'd see what he was for the day. Then you'd also see what they were for the tournament. Um, but let's let's just just quickly the the. The fans, a bit like EPL soccer, made the tournament. Mm. Made made the viewing experience. You know, if you if you if you watch Manchester United play Man City, and in an empty stadium, it's, it's, there's not much to see. No, really, until you see them score. We saw the yeah. COVID with the footy when you had that, the that's, crowds. That's exactly yeah. right. There's not much to see, but my God, when when the crowd was so invested, mm. and, and what I picked up, you know, on the very first day, so Friday. We had 5,000 people standing on the green. Really? I didn't see the Friday because I was doing other things. They were on the green. They they were literally standing on the frog hair and encircled the green. Is this when on the final hole? Yeah, final hole last day. uh, Cam Smith and his group would have hit off the first on the first day. Yep, yep. And on the last hole... It was five deep around the green, <laughs> and I'm literally, you know, normally it, it's roped off behind yeah, the bunkers. Yeah. People were standing basically in front of the bunkers. Wow. 
They gave him free reign. It looked amazing. Yeah. I saw that on the Sunday, obviously, when the tournament was finishing. Um, So I rock up there on the Saturday morning, fly in early Saturday, and tee off's at 11.30, 11.45 Adelaide time. I get to the course about 9 o'clock, and I thought, I was actually thinking, I wonder how many people are going to be here at 9 o'clock. It was packed. I mean, people. At 9 a.m. Yeah, there was cars streaming in, just people, you know, going in straight away. Yeah. And it's the first thing you notice when you walk into the course, the music. It is everywhere. I went for a. Is it the same tune right around the golf yes, course? Yes, yeah. So they've got a, some DJ playing something, I don't yeah. know, whatever it is. And then a, an MC also at the same time comes over saying, oh, this is what's. An American yeah. dude saying, this is what's going to happen. Was that on all holes or was it just on the f- a select few Every, holes? So I, I did a lap of the course. I went and, had, and walked, right? I wanted yeah. to just uh, get a feel for the Grange because it is composite. I haven't been out there in a while just to get a feel for what the golf course was playing like. Course all good on telly, by the way. Oh, I've never seen fairways shave that low. It was incredible. Really? It was like slow putting greens. I mean, it was just, they wow. were shaved incredibly low. So the co- the course played really short, a lot of run. It was firm on the fairways. The greens were soft, very receptive, and but they were quick. Did so, it rain each night? I, no, I, no, I, no, I, no, 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 no. No, perfect weather. It was okay. like low to mid-20s. I think they just wanted the, well, they wanted low scoring. And, yeah. and they obviously got it with Taylor Gooch the way he played. But there were people out on the golf course everywhere before they'd even hit off, obviously, trying to get their little spot. Get their spot. The music right. was pumping. Um, I ran into quite a number of people, and they're all going, hey, Nick, what are you doing here? You should be playing. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, <laughs> this is past me. Uh, I'm just here doing some radio, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, the whole vibe was – it was just a one big party sort of vibe. Yeah. And um, I was curious to see, okay, what's going to happen come closer to the tea time? The range was all sectioned off because that's yeah. where all the players are. Because of the shotgun start, they all just go at once. Yeah. Putting green just mobbed as well. And then all of a sudden when it starts, sure enough, the shotgun – Smoke going everywhere. The Fireworks. music sort of quietens down a little bit. Yeah. And then uh, – and away you go. So it was just fascinating from that part, uh, from that perspective. I heard merchandise-wise they just went through the roof. But yeah. the inf- the thing that blew me away was the infrastructure. When I got there, I thought, oh, my gosh, after I walked the whole golf course, the grandstands, the stadiums, the media centre, around the clubhouse, mm. the range, everywhere they just had – you know, places for people to mm. look to watch. They had the big fan zone. It was the biggest fan zone I've ever seen. They've got this. They got the stage down the end where what was it? DJ Fisher uh, yeah. did something on the um, on the Saturday night. No, the Friday night. And then they had Birds of Tokyo. And the people there, I mean, they were just yeah. having one massive party. And every now and then they go out and watch a golf shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing, the other thing that I, I learned is that Australian crowds, we've been starved. Of star fields for a long time. Yeah, we've we've had good fields, we've had decent fields, but you've never had names like Kepka, Johnson, Mickelson, mm. Patrick Reed, whether you like him or not, he plays well in the big tournaments. Cameron Smith, you know, and and everybody that accompanied them. Yeah, to me, it was it was is the best field I've seen in Australia for just a golf tournament. For 25 years. Yeah, Ex- excluding President's Cups, I think. Yeah, that, that's right. In, in that regard. Yeah, no, for sure. But you'd have to go back to the 80s, 90s when Norman was in his halcyon yeah. days and Faldo and Langer and Monty and those guys used to come used down. Used to come down. Yeah, absolutely. But it's to get those names there and people were eating it up. And, and there was so many non-golfing people there, I would say, yeah. that have all of a sudden it's just created a, a massive spark of interest for all these people to maybe pick up a golf club. Yeah. I mean, it was fantastic for the game of golf. Somehow, somehow they've got the spring racing carnival 
mentality. Mm. You know, you get 100,000 people at Flemington, or they're probably a little bit less than that these days. They've, they've stopped the number. So you get eighty or 90,000 people. 80,000 of them don't go to the races <laughs> except for that one week. Yep. And this is how you're going to tap into the big crowds again. I mean, they, they've just it, – it's just found the way. Now, in saying that, I still feel like yeah. if, if you're serious about winning majors – then lives not for you. Yeah. But if you are a person who wants to win major championships, then the PGA Tour is the only place for you to be because what I noticed Pat Perez do on the very last hole, I don't know whether you saw this, but Pat Perez, he it's the, it's the best he's played in, yeah. in a live tournament. Yeah. He was going to make a lot of money. He was going to make $1.5 million. That's right. For 53 holes, Pat Perez was encouraging everybody to be as loud as possible. Yeah. He had a tough shot on the 54th hole and needed to get it up and down. Yeah. And he was asking everybody to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were almost in his backswing, I think, when he was trying to hit the chip shot on the green. The shadows were on the ball. I mean, yeah. he was trying to chip a ball off a putting green over a corner of a green yeah. and trying to get the stop. And if he got up and down, he probably it was probably an extra 500000 for him. It was. It was five hundred grand. So it, it, that I don't care how much you're getting paid. 500000 is a lot of money. Yeah. And it was interesting to see him try and calm everybody down. In the end, he knew it was impossible. It was, yeah, it would have been better for him to rev everyone up just so that you couldn't tell what noise was what. Um, when it's quiet, that's when you can hear everything. So, And as you said, he was jumping up and down on the 12th green earlier yeah. when he held that putt and, you know, the beer's going everywhere and yeah. we can talk about that. But, uh, but you're right. I think if you're serious about winning majors – PGA Tour, other world tours. This yeah. there is a place for this though. That's the one thing I came away from this live experience was like, right, okay, this is actually very interesting. Yeah. As far as it's, the, I guess in a nutshell, as I sort of said to, to before, it's kind of a big party. It still has that exhibition feel to it. Towards yeah. the end, you know, with Taylor Gooch when he was struggling on midway through, I thought, okay, he's got a knuckle down here, and it mm. started to feel a little bit like a tournament. But I'd say for 95% of the players who are well down, they're probably not that. You yeah. know, it's just like kind of a normal well, that, that hit was, and giggle type, maybe a Saturday comp, I don't know. Well, let's talk about Taylor Gooch and yeah. his caddy, who was a West Australian kid called uh, Malcolm Baker. Malcolm Baker. Mal, I, I, turned I know Mel very well. Yeah, I, well, no, so do I. I turned, <laughs> I, I turned professional the same day as Malcolm did back in 1990. Oh, wow. we, we both did and he was, you know, he, he was okay. He used to make a few cuts here and there, but he was never going to make a, a living playing golf. Ever. But he's picked up 10% of 4 million US. Oh, yeah. And the team as well. So And the team as well. So he's probably he's probably made 800000 Australian dollars yep. Yep. for caddying for, you know, three days tournament and one pro-am and a couple of practice rounds. The caddies are loving it, that's for sure. <laughs> because, yeah, guaranteed money every week. They're getting all their expenses paid. Happy days for those guys. They're flying on private jets and things like that. The biggest tournament that I can remember before this, and I'm not talking about this is just a normal regular tournament, was a $2 million Australian Open. Mm-hmm. So the winner won a $360,000 for that one. And the caddy gets 36 36 10%. Malcolm's made $800,000 caddying (laughs) this week. It's frightening. I mean, he's done incredibly well. I've got got so many questions for you, Nick, because because you're on the ground. Um, Let's say it's 2024 and we've just had this week and next week, let's just say um, Clive Palmer's got a, a live event 
in Coolum. Coolum, right? Would you watch again? Because I would. If it was on again next week, I'm watching again. Yeah? yeah. I'd, I'd probably probably watch the final day, maybe, yeah. something like that. You know, the first couple of days, it's yep. – you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I was there and if I was going to go – if I was going to go to a golf tournament, I would go to possibly the final day of, of, of the live event, yep. as in if I'm going to go watch it. Yeah. On TV, it doesn't really do much for me because it's funny. On the radio, the thing we found doing the radio is because everyone's on the course at once. It was you know looking over here, looking over there. Mm. It was like a tennis match. It was what we because we had monitors in front of us and to get used to the scoring you were talking about. I mean that was uh, yeah, my go-to. Go? Well, it took me a little bit as well. Um, that was what I was really focusing on was that leaderboard. Okay, what shot is this? Which hole? Where are they? Etc. Yeah. And then we had other monitors we could go off, but. That was really tricky, and there was it was like a it was out normal TV commentary, for instance, yeah. but it was that times ten, as in intensity. Yeah. Uh, you're just going back and forth here and there, bang, 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 bang. There was no time for let to let things breathe, basically. Yeah. Uh, well, in, I noticed they've got commentators who don't know much about golf. No. To, tell you, to tell you the truth, apart from David Ferrity. Yeah. And I, I think that's Jerry fine. Fultz. I reckon that's fine actually, because all. You, They've just got the shotgun mentality yes. where they don't want to have a chat about golf and have that laced with a few golf shots here and there. They just want to rip out as many shots and putts and drives as they possibly can. Well, that's the younger generation mentality now with the phone. You know, you scroll and, oh, no, yep, bang, flip, swipe, yep. flip. They just want instant, instantaneous gratification in a mm. way and that's kind of what the live golf tournament feel is, I would think. Okay. Question number two. That's the best live event they've ever had by a million miles. For a, sure. a, a squillion miles. This was 10 out of 10. Most of the others have been 3 out of 10. Yeah, they're going it, to it, Singapore this week, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, okay. What do they do to get it bigger in, in, in America? What, what could they possibly do? Because they've taken it to towns that have had big-time golf, and it hasn't been as supported as it was in Adelaide. I was saying before, if, if we've got 25,000 through the gates and that's the barometer, mm. I reckon some of the tournaments in America – it might have only had five to ten thousand yeah. through through the gates, yeah. and it it just didn't work. I mean, it just it just wasn't the same thing. So if Greg and the boys from uh, Saudi Golf want to get this thing really pumping every single week, yeah. what are they going to do? So that's a very good question, and again, I'm not sure I have the answer for that. Because it can't just we, work one one week a year yeah. or two weeks a year. Yeah. You can't. No, it can't. The thing about in America is they're not starved for golf. Uh, as in the big names. And they've really only taken tournaments there to venues that are not very good, I've got mm. to be honest. They need to go to much better golf courses. And now I don't think that's going to happen in the States because the higher, um, you know, the golf courses that hold the, the highest reputation are probably not going to have those events there because they don't want all the yeah. all the hoopla that goes along with live. Now down here, because we are staffed for golf, you have a great golf course like the Grange. I mean, that was a great venue for yeah. it. It worked out really well. But we're just so interested in seeing these players that we haven't seen for so long come down here. Over there, I'm not sure. Now, we got Greg into the uh, into the radio booth to do about 10 or 15 minutes with oh, you, us. you spoke with Greg? Yeah, yeah. We the had shark. Him, Paddy Welsh, uh, you know, he's good mates, and he brought him in. So it was great to sort of pick his brain a little bit on how things are going to evolve and go forward. So what did you get out of Greg? The biggest thing I found and what he said was, okay, at the moment, Individual, they're playing for $20 million. Team event is for $5 million. He says the feedback I get in, I'm getting from the players now is they want to flip that. They want to have the team event for 20 and the individual for 5 Are you kidding me? No. Could Is that like 
I'm just thinking of myself, right, back in my day. If I'm a good player, <laughs> I don't want to rely on three others. I, I do not want to rely on three others to make my biggest paycheck of the week. I'll, I'll look after myself. Yeah. No, I, hey, golf is an individual sport, but I think what the players are finding is yeah. they really are enjoying this team aspect. and. Right. The, the way forward for Liv to succeed, and Greg has said this all along from a financial perspective, and now, are they really in it for the financial? Who, yeah. who knows, you know, with, with the Saudi money and all that. That's yeah. another discussion. The franchising of the teams is where they're going to make their money. So they almost have to focus on the teams more than the individual if they want this whole product to work. Is that going to work for the credibility of... <laughs> So there goes the world right? ranking points for one. World right? ranking points out the window. <laughs> yes, if, if that's the case, they'll they'll and they'll never come back. Um, for the credibility of the quality of play, okay. If you've got players purely focused on team, well, they're still that, going to be individual. There will still be individual, obviously, but it's. Again, this is what he said in this conversation. Yeah, okay. They're having discussions at the moment, and the feedback he's getting from a lot of the players is we need to reverse the prize money. I can imagine more team, sp- less individual. Which oh, okay, because I think they love the as in twenty million dollars for the team event and five for the individual event, right? So, because I think a lot of the players, what they feel on the live golf tour is it almost feels like they're going back to college golf, and they yeah. love that team aspect, the bonding. It is good. I play college golf; it's yeah. fantastic. So you know all about yeah, it's, that. It's great. Yeah. I mean, the most, I, as a team, I felt, was in President's Cups and in World Cups when I had partners, Dunhill you, Cups. You would have loved it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. However, you know, I, I'm an individual yeah. person in nature, so I just want to succeed. So. Right, I'll give you an example, okay, why, this, why, why I can't see it working. Right. Cameron Smith is the captain of the Rippers. Yep. They were dead last for most of the week. Yeah, they, 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 they rallied. They showed uh, they some Aussie what, spirit. They or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they but only top eight. three get paid. So. Okay. So... If I'm Cam Smith, there's no way yeah. I want to play. I, I don't I want it reversed. No way in the world because I'm going to make stacks more money yeah. just being the individual dude. I completely agree. However, you know what? I think he's good for money because <laughs> you know how much they probably would have paid him to go? It was well into the nine figures. You know, yeah. It's more than nine figures what they paid him to go, obviously. Yeah, so yeah. he's not too worried about the money. He's yeah, Maybe right. he's just trying to help Greg get this thing going. Now, I don't know if he – thinks the team event's the way to go. I'm just going on what the shark told me. Okay. Um, we've spoken everything about it. We haven't spoken about Taylor Gooch's first two rounds. Oh, yeah. Now, to lead – now, I don't care who was playing. I don't care. If you if you got the 100 hottest players in the world to tee it up on Thursday, he's still leading by five or six. The 62-62 around that yeah, joint. To back it up, that was the impressive thing. You see 62s now and then, but you never see two in a row. Yeah. I'm always big on this. The big lead always gets whittled back. <laughs> you know what? I was thinking of you yeah. when he started gagging. <laughs> so so the 10-shot lead, honestly, I thought he was going to – I really did think he was going to create. I thought he should 68 yeah. or 67, the way he's going, because he didn't miss any shots. He no, didn't he, miss a shot for the first two days. Yeah. And he started off rock solid the, f- the third round, and then he held a bomb on about the fourth or the fifth, yeah. and he was 21 under. Oh, okay, here we go. And no then he dropped problem. four shots in four holes. Now, I, I didn't see what was going on. I've only seen the box scores. What did it look like to you? Did, did, it, did it look like a gag, or was he just yeah, – the he, ball just bounced his way? Or? No, he was uh, taking some uh, – some, uh, 
Yes, he was taking something that made the nerves just go uh, in, in the opposite direction what he had to. And it kind of snowballed on him. There was a, what was it, like the eighth hole, I think. He just had a, a wedge, 80 or 90 metres, completely sculled it straight over the back. Ends up holing about he a knifed fifth. Knifed it. Knifed it. Oh. Paddy Walsh was out there saying, I can't believe what I've just seen. <laughs> I mean, this guy's flushing it and he's just completely knifed it. It was like watching an 18 handicapper. And then he ended up holding about a 15-footer for bogey. I mean, he almost... Are you kidding? Yeah. And I didn't on, see this. So the previous hole, the par five, he bogeyed. Bit yeah. of a sloppy bogey. You can excuse one, yeah, right? And he hadn't made can. a bogey in 40-something holes. Yeah. And then on 10 is a par five. He's still got two par fives coming up. So thinking, no, he's just going to cruise and make one or two birdies, no problem. On 10, greenside bunker in two, takes five to get down. He skulls it straight over the back, mm. knocks it up three putts, seven. And you're going, hang on, mm. here we go. And this is where a good caddy comes into it, and I'm sure Mal calmed him down and probably wanted to hit some yeah. shots for him because, you know, Mel likes to think he can play yes, better than, yes, his, uh, yes. than, his, uh, than his player. <laughs> That's accurate. Here's a story on that one. I was playing. Yeah. So he, go, used to go caddy on, for, he used to caddy for uh, Greg Chalmers That's right. back in the day and then he went to Tom Hogan. You know, but we're yeah. playing, I was playing with Greg the first couple of rounds at Disney, <laughs> the Disney tournament I in Orlando. I just imagine what you're about to say. <laughs> Ten, tenth hole's a par five. First hole of our day, it's like, you know, we're t- starting on 10. It's a bit yeah. coldish, a bit dewy. And anyway, uh, I've hit a nice drive down. It's usually a reachable par five, but it's playing long because yeah. it's colder. Yeah. I hit my three wood down there just short of the green. Greg's hit a good one down there just short. And as we're walking down, Mal's just going, geez, you guys are uh, hitting it pretty short these days. Uh, I said, what do you mean? He says, oh, I would have probably hit a two iron on the green there. <laughs> uh, that's what he was like. Oh, yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah, I, I anyway, have put a call in. I get on great with Mal. I have put a call in. To get try and get him, oh, so, okay. so we, you might have to come back uh, tomorrow. Or the next oh, okay, day, but cool. it'll be yeah. worth having a chat to him. Yeah, well, I saw him after Singapore. Yeah, I'm sure. I saw him after. I congratulated him. He was doing interviews and uh, was he? oh yeah, he's getting oh. all the media stuff done. That was great. Uh, no, good, good luck to him. It was a, it was an awesome week for him. Chase Kepka at twelve, the watering hole. He's posing. Oh, Chase Kepka. Yeah. Oh, there it is. there it is. We promised you an ace on twelve. And Chase Kepka has delivered. Okay, mate, I was I was doing the radio, and one of the highlights of the three days, obviously on the last yeah. hole, they got the twelfth hole, the watering hole. Great name, yeah, sensational it's like, name. It's a mini version of sixteen at Phoenix, yeah. the stadium hole. Yeah, they had a couple of good names. They had Club Fifty Four as well, yeah. which is a little yeah, a bit of a play on words for Studio Fifty Four. I like that. So that Club Fifty Four yeah. was good. Yeah, I was doing radio, I had headphones on, and all of a sudden I could hear through the headphones this massive roar. It was Chase Kepka. Holding one. Did you see it on the TV? Yeah, I did. And, and it, the, the, the tournament, it deserved it. You know, yeah. it, it, it actually deserved that. And it was great. And the way it handled and the clean-up afterwards oh. was, was even fantastic <clears throat> What as well. I was thankful for was the previous day they were throwing cans out there, right? <laughs> and apparently a volunteer might have got hit the previous day with a full can of beer, which is not good. That day... They went to the plastic cups, thankfully, because oh it was raining beer. And Leishman Lager, I mean, Leish, he must have just been so happy because they had to go refill and you know, every time they were throwing it out there. So good. Hey, what was that DJ's name again that you'd spoken about? Oh, DJ Fisher, I think. Yeah, right? well, look, yeah. as we go to the turn, okay, I'm going to see on the 10th day shortly. Just have a listen to the party atmosphere each night after rounds one, two, and three. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, if you haven't checked out the Golf Clearance Outlet, then you, I can guarantee you this, are missing out. And if you have, well, you know what we're talking about. Great time to drop in because with all the new equipment released in January, good old Sam at the Golf Clearance Outlet is licking his lips because the stores are chock full of 2023 branded clearance product. And you know that was a hell of a year for golf equipment, Nick. You're spot on there, Mark. There's heaps of gear for righties, of course. But as you know, I am a lefty, so there's a heap of gear for lefties Mm. as well. And plenty for both men and women. And if you're after a great Prezi idea, you can get gift cards in-store or online. So if you're looking for great golf gear and great prices, the Golf Clearance Outlet needs to be in your plans to go and check it out. See the team in-store at Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth or online, golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. It's that simple, Nick. Can't wait. Hang on, hang on, Nick. I thought you were righty putting now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Nick, I know you've heard of the Watch My Numbers app. It is brand new, and it is going to dominate the golf app scene for a long, long time. If you want to improve your game, you need to know the areas you're doing well in and where... You need to improve. And this app will tell you exactly that, Nick. Yeah, you're spot on, Mark. It's the most powerful database golf app in the world, and it helps analyze and improve your game like never before because it uses real-time data from your rounds and highlights the areas of your game that you want to look at. You get actionable and usable info in minutes, not hours. That's really important. It's easy to use. You can set up your profile very quickly. I've done mine. And start accessing data and subscriber-only content straight away. Hmm. Who's it aimed at? Well, it's aimed at people who want to improve their game. It's for all levels of every golfer out there, particularly powerful if you're a mid to low handicapper. But it's great for the elite level and pros as well. So elite and pros as well. I like that. Watch my numbers. Download it from the App Store and turn your bogeys in the birdies. You're listening to the Talk Birdie Jimmy podcast with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. If you're enjoying the pod, share it with a friend and help spread the word. Okay, Nick, uh, nice drive down the middle of the 10th. I I do want to ask you now, in 2024, the PGA Tour has flagged that there will be an international series of events. Next year, instead of 120 people being uh, exempt and and into the FedEx Cup, it's only going to be 70. Uh, After the... FedEx Cup, they have the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup, whichever one it is. Then after that, they're going to have an international series of events. Okay. And this is the top 70 players. So if you finish in the top 70, not only do you get all the FedEx Cup money, but you have then the opportunity to go and play in these no-cut events around the world. We're growing the game at the PGA Tour all wow. of a sudden. So okay. this is all the stuff. This is, all the, this is what Live Golf has basically forced yep. the PGA t- Tour to do, which would be great. Mm. I'm 100%, 100% certain that we will be getting one here in Australia. I hope so. Uh, it, it is it is a mortal lock. It, it, it is, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm guaranteeing it. Okay. All right. Uh, the people up, people, we, we always broadcast out of headquarters. They might listen to this and go, what are you talking about? But okay. I've got, 
I'm absolutely certain. Okay. If they're going to have international series of events and they have just seen what our starved public, uh, how they turned out, yeah. we are going to get one. We need to do the commentary for well, it. Well, we I do. Think. <laughs> so we know Queensland's got the Australian PGA. We know the Australian Open is in New South Wales. And we know that the Sandbelt Classic looks superb. So it would be mm. my wish. I don't know what, what sort of a tournament we're going to get. Yeah. But I can only imagine that if uh, the Victorian government, which will need the, 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 the sponsor, that they will need a postcard going out to the rest of the world. For sure. So what better way? I mean, if you are a, a Premier of a state who loves golf, g'day Dan, if you happen to listen to the uh, podcast. He's best mates with Jay Monaghan. Right, he, he deals with Jay Monaghan. He doesn't get the Minister of Sport to do it. Dan Andrews deals with Jake Monaghan. Really? Yeah. If that all happens and we've got, let's say, the three courses of Victoria, Kingston, Ethan, Royal Melbourne, and that's a postcard around the world, you can kind of have 20,000 people at each course. Oh, you could have unlimited numbers, I'd think. Unlimited. So yeah. if you had the like, you had Roy McIlroy and John Rahm, yeah, everybody else, just the top seventy players from each year. Could you imagine? It, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't mm. it? So if 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 there is an international series of events, I mean, if they're true to their word and this is what they're talking about, you know, we're going to get one. Absolutely. I, well, well, I hope it's that. Yeah. I hope it is oh. a sandbelt classic style event. It makes so much sense, and I wish they could do it in a way, where it was right around the PGA and the Australian Open. Oh, wouldn't that be good? So if, if they did that... They'd keep them here for an extra week or if, something. If they had the PGA in front of it and the Australian Open behind it and we just picked off some players <laughs> each, then all of a sudden in 2024, I will happily say that on our schedule you'll have a live event in Adelaide, you'll have a live event at Coolum or New South Wales, whoever picks it up, and then you'll have uh, a PGA Tour event in Victoria, and then you've got the PGA and the Australian Open. And they're, they're, it can't make any more sense than that, can yeah. it? No. I, I, don't, I don't think it possibly can. That's the ultimate growing the game, as they say. Now, and the crowds being beamed back, you know, and seeing our beautiful sandbelt golf courses down here and going up to Queensland and, you know, the pitches going back around the world, it's just a postcard for golfers around the planet. Adelaide looked the picture. Yeah. And that on the back of, you know, the week before they had uh, Gather Out. My God, what a festival it's been in Adelaide. They're just anyway. killing it over there, hey, aren't it's they? It's time to tell us. Let, let, let's talk. Can we talk about Lucas? Lucas oh, Herbert? Lucas God, we've Herbert. almost forgotten Lucas. Yeah. Lucas Herbert has won a tournament on the worst possible weekend. The <laughs> 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 worst tournament because of everything that's been happening back here. Yeah. But how good was that? It was fantastic, yeah. Again, I didn't see much of it because I, I haven't caught up, but I did see the closing holes and, and the playoff. I managed to watch that. Mm. And uh, down the stretch, he was he was clutch. Well, he got a, he got a nice little drop. He got a dr nice drop on the do, second do hole. Do we want to talk about that drop? Or? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. I, he got a drop, took a full advantage, and in yep. this game you get far more bad breaks than you get good. So mm -hmm. when you get a good break, you bloody take it every okay. single time. Yep. T t took the drop, and then... I don't know. There must have been a fishel right there, but he was taking a lot of practice swings. Yeah. No, yeah. that's fine. You can yeah. take practice yeah. swings. Yeah. One of them I'm, I must have noticed, he was two or three metres behind the ball and he's got his wedge out, bangs the ground. And mm. it looks to me as though he's going, how hard is this? Bangs it and then takes a practice swing. And I thought, hmm, I'm not sure you're allowed to do that. 
But I reckon, I reckon, did you see that? Yeah, I did. And I reckon he was far enough away from the ball for it to be okay. okay. Ridgy Didge. All right. So I mean, it, it has no bearing on no on the I, shot. I think if you're doing that next to the ball, yeah, people would, would be worried. But I think in that situation, when he did it so far behind the ball, I, I think that gets a tick. Okay. I, I, in in my view, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, if right next to it, I would have been, <laughs> I would have been squirming in my seat. Yeah. Okay. But the shot he hit and the putt, you know, oh, it was it was all cl- I mean, what was it? The, was the first playoff hole? He almost chipped it in yep. from the back edge, and then the other guy, uh, Cockrell, leaped out. I mean, he does a little horseshoe. I mean, he must be counting his lucky oh. stars, old uh, Lucas Herbert there. Yeah. But it was and that pup was in the Cockrell pup was in. Yeah, that was it. In. Was it was going slow? It was dying. It was beautiful. Anyway, but again, Lucas, you know, he just comes up in the clutch at, mm. at those those moments when you need to rise, and this, what separates people between the good and the great. Mm. He has that. Whatever that X factor is, he has it. Uh, Mark Hensby, uh, mm. I, I never, I've never met Mark in my entire life. You would have played, been on the tour at the same time with him. Yeah, but he, he had a win on the Champions Tour. I know. Beat played Charlie pre- Wee in a playoff. I played Presidents Cup with uh, Mark Hensby back in two thousand and seven. Uh, yeah. No, two thousand and five. Actually, it was uh, he almost burnt. Well, yeah, it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, <laughs> overdo the story. He almost burnt down the White House. So how's that? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about that. Yeah, I've heard this is this is this is accurate. Oh, you've heard this one. Yeah, okay, go on, yeah. please tell me. So, like, tax people would never have heard. It. <laughs> so we're having the uh, the dinner, you know, the night before, two nights before at the White House. That's right. what you do when you're in Washington D.C. because that's where we were playing yeah. the President's Cup. Yeah. Got to meet George W. and his wife Laura and all that. You know, doing all the Beautiful. all the dignitaries. We're having um, having dinner in whatever state room it is that yeah. they have for the round tables, and there's some pretty heavy hitting people in the room. Condoleezza yeah. Rice, and you, yeah. know, you name it. I Augusta think I, member now, Condoleezza. Yes, He's I saw a member that, yeah. of Augusta. But anyway, I didn't see it, but I heard the rumour that uh, he was playing around with a candle or something and he set his napkin on fire at the table or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to come along and extinguish it or something. Now, I'm not sure that's true, but what, is that something around what yeah, you heard? Yeah, or? that's what I've heard. Yeah. I've heard another story about Mark Hensby where uh, it was the Saturday of the President's Cup. You're all on the team bus. Yep. And I think Bill Clinton came up into the bus. Yes, he did. Yeah, I was Did, there. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, he, I think Mark Hensby gave him a, a get out of here, sort of get out, oh, of, really? get off our bus. Oh, I didn't know that well, one. That's what I've heard. I must have been up the other end. Okay. Well, at least at least he did come up. You saw Bill Clinton coming to your bus? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bill was in there. Yep. Well, at least that part of the story is Yes. Accurate. No, he was there. <laughs> he must be a loose unit, Hensby. I th- if he did, he was probably – yeah, he's a very loose unit, by the way, back then. Um, he was probably making a joke of it. I, I, I don't know. Mm. I'm not sure. I'm sure Bill Bill took it fine. He was and, actually pretty cool. And by the way, uh, Richard Green shot the low round of the day uh, at uh, that joint six on the par and finished fourth. Fourth, yeah. It's only a matter of time before he does something really special, I think. It, it's almost worth putting 50 bucks on Richard every mm. single week at the moment because he'll be 40, 50 to one every single week and he will win one. He'll win one soon. Our girls didn't go so well at the uh, first major of the year. No, the Chevron. At the Woodlands. At Woodlands. The tech there in Texas there. Looked like a really good golf course, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I've, um, I've played a Texas Open there. Oh, right, okay. But, but not, the, not the Texas Open that's on the PGA Tour. The Texas Open when it was a, just a state yeah, just a state right. tournament. But, but they had it at the Woodlands, and it was a fantastic golf course. That's mm. what I remember it being absolutely brilliant. But the girls, our girls didn't go so well. No, unfortunately. Miscut by Sarah Kemp, Hannah Green, Grace Kim, which was a bit of a surprise yeah. after she won that event uh, the other week. Uh, but three girls did. The best was... Uh, uh, Minji Lee tied 41st. Uh, 
Steph Kuriako tied 49th yeah. and Karis Davidson tied 56th. But Lilia Vu defeated Angel 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 yeah. Yeah, that's it. Angel Yin yep. on the first playoff hole. And, um, and then jumped in the water. Oh, she did. I yeah, was wondering if yeah. she did. I didn't see that the part. The tradition but, continues. But there's been massive raps on this Lilia Vu. So uh, we'll yeah. see how that her career progresses. I've got to say, I didn't, see any, I didn't see any of it because I was transfixed to what was happening on Channel 7. Rain, Rain Gibson had another top 10 on the Corn Ferry Tour. Did he? Yeah, he's playing some great golf. Finished yeah, tied eight. Now, Rand? I don't know. I'll have to look into that one. He's uh, going to be forty years old, Rand Gibson. But he's fourth on the Corn Ferry Tour money list now. Yeah, okay. He's had like three or four top tens. Had a, he had the win uh, earlier, and uh, Drew it's two Gibson four. Dimi Papadatos is twenty third on the Corn Ferry Tour money list. Uh, Come on, Dimi. Top, top twenty five, I think, get their cards. So we could have three more guys on the PGA Tour at the end of this year, hopefully. Righto, it's time for our top five. This week's top five. All right. This is on the back of Live Adelaide. My five loudest <laughs> moments on a golf course. Golf, golf, but louder. <laughs> so, uh, this is a Ryder Cup match, and it was the whole match. Rory McIlroy versus Patrick Reed. You oh, know the match I'm talking I about remember. where they were pointing at each yeah. other and the, the, the hole and putts on top of each other and the crowd was going absolutely ballistic. Yeah. From the first tee to the 18th green or wherever they finished, loud. It started off with Rory holding a hand to his ear going, I can't hear you, you know, when they were <laughs> screaming and then Reed gives it the big shush, you know, yeah. after he made a part. It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, Greg Norman versus Nick Feldo, 1990 Australian Masters. Wow. The crowds were 10 deep. The whole round. And Greg Norman chipped in on the seventh there at one stage Oof. and the joint went absolutely ballistic. I wasn't playing, but I was there. Oh, you were there? Okay. I was there. I was in the in the clubhouse right. and the, the clubhouse was shaking. Wow. The roar was so loud. My number three all-time winner, Jack Nicholas. Oh, yeah. 1986 Masters. Oh, yes. The putt on 17. Mm. Absolutely ripped the telly apart. My TV was vibrating. Oh, yeah. the, the noise came through. The telly was so loud. It and was the call crazy. Was maybe. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, this one uh, I'm going to put in there, and I almost changed it, but I'm not going to. Okay. Tiger's chip on 16 at Augusta. Oh, yeah. Against DeMarco. Yeah, you were there, weren't I you? I was there. Yeah, that was 2000 and... You were there. I think it was 2005. And? and loudest ever? Yeah, I was in the clubhouse and yeah. I heard it. And 16 is a long way from the clubhouse. Yeah, yeah Talk yeah. about the clubhouse shaking. I mean, it was incredible. And my number one loudest moment ever heard on a golf course, and this just isn't me, this is everybody, Tiger Woods hole-in-one at the party hole in Phoenix. He at 16, listen to the crowd. Tiger's got 152 yards. Should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. Oh! It went in! <laughs> Absolute, the, the loudest noise to this day that's ever been heard. Yeah. Um, can I put a special mention in? Because I thought of it after I've done this. Yeah, yeah I've been doing that the last uh, yeah, couple of weeks of my top fives. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can have as many as we want. Uh, back at the 16th hole, it wasn't during the tournament. But VJ Singh skimming the ball off the pond five times and making the hole in one. Oh, I remember that, yeah. And making the hole in one. <laughs> I forgot it after I'd made it. But I, I, I don't think it sneaks in there, but I think it's worthy of a mention. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it, just Google VJ Singh hole in one Augusta skimming something or other. He skimmed about five times on the pond and then went in. 
That's my top five. Chase maybe just missed at six, oh, okay. and then I put VJ at seven. Five B or something. I'm like not going to do a top ten. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Uh, who's doing the masterclass this week? This is you this week. Okay. I've done the last two. Right, so uh, I was transfixed uh, at the Champions Tour event. Uh, one, because I used to work there. I told you that before. Yeah. And, and I didn't recognise so, one hole. I, not one hole. So how long did you work there for? Uh, I used to work there in the, each summer. Oh, okay. So I'd go to college at Texas right. Tech, then a nice family would look after me during the, the summer break, and I would just work at what, uh, working Lost in the Clubs. pro shop, or you working in the caddy shack? Or I was what? cleaning cleaning buggies, and my job my job job description was clean the buggies and then play with the members. Oh, oh it was good. such a good job! I loved it. Beautiful. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> get, I, get the odd tip here and there, I'm sure. Mate, I won more money on the course than I was getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. It was really, really good. I loved it. Uh, but the golf course looked good, and, and I was watching. But when the Australians were there. But Charlie Wee, who used to come out to Australia and play, yeah. uh, he was nervous. So he was a Monday qualifier and he's trying to win to get his, you know, get his card. Now, right. he, he got rolled by Mark Hensby. We spoke about that again, but I think the second place will, that'll, that'll, that'll be pretty handy. So he'll almost be there yeah. on the Charles Schwab list. You know, that's going to help him yeah. a lot. But you could see he was really, really nervous. Now, I they kept on showing close-ups of the putter behind the ball, and one of the one of the ones I saw, it was just great. And and Lenny Watkins, who's the commentator, mm. he was talking that he looked really nervous, and that's why he was bouncing. I'm a big believer in the bounce and moving the feet. You love the bounce, don't you? I love it. Like, that was my go-to when I was really, really nervous and needed to hold apart. Yeah, I didn't want to be a statue over the ball, so I would always bounce the putter, just tiny little one millimeter bounces. Now I've got a little. I recorded it on the TV, so. I'll post it out there on the, on the thing as well. It takes a little bit of practice. It, it really does. So when you're looking at the target, when you come back, just bounce the putter. Mm. Just bounce the putter. Tiny little one millimeter bounces. Okay. Move the feet a little bit. Yeah. But don't be a statue. No. And then a lot of like your uh, master classes in the past, focus on the line. As soon as you look back, the putter head. Yep. Because you're bouncing and because you're moving, it'll be a much smoother yeah. transition to start that putter back. Yeah, you're reacting a lot. Yeah, bit. and now if, if, you, if you hear us talking about bouncing and next time you're watching the television, the close-ups, it's amazing how many of the top players, when they're under enormous pressure, do bounce. You'll see it a lot. Anyway, video will be out there. Uh, make sure you have a look and it'll be explained a lot better. Love it. Nice to see you. I, I'm surprised you didn't wear an Aces hat or a, 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 ra- a Range Goat hat uh, or something like well, that. Well, I started calling them the Goat Rangers <laughs> rather than the Range Goats for some reason. They just sounded better than me. <laughs> Good on you, Nick. See you next week. Cheers, mate. Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen's podcast, Talk Birdie to Me. Live from the Australian Golf Centre, home of the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia. We'd love you to follow us on the socials and rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. Talk Birdie to Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media. Sound design, Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.